It's like showing up for a date. You're like, how's it going? I'm Lucian. Don't fucking look at me. Okay. Keep your eyes on the menu. You're beautiful. You are a, a perfect human. You do charity work. I spent a whole day sitting at home reading a book doing nothing. I could have been saving people's lives. I could have volunteered at the fire department. I'm human scum. I like I'm the not anger. even worthy. Of <laughs> the you. anger of just like, don't look at me. You're too beautiful. <laughs> Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. Well, Andrew, I am right here. Audience at home, you are listening to The Lyric Boys Podcast. In every episode, we take one of our favorite bands and we pick 10 of their craziest, wildest, most insane, funniest lyrics and we talk about it. It is not a podcast for smart people making music analysis. It is merely a podcast from two dumb guys making jokes, having fun with bands we like. I'm Lucian and with me as always is Andrew Stieglitz. Yeah, here I am. Thank you, Andrew. And today we are talking Blink 182, which is yes, a band. The 181 that other Blinks were not successful, but Blink 182, they did it. It took 181 Blinks to start bands, to shed tears through their lyrics, to try to make it in the world of music before Blink 182 could soar. Andrew? You're the resident Blink-182 man of this podcast. So can you tell me who they are? What sure they mean thing. to you? Yeah, I mean, to me and uh, probably to a lot of our listeners here, uh, Blink-182 was definitely a massive, massive part of my childhood and my, like, growing up uh, listening to music. Like, Blink-182 was one of the first, like, real, I guess, rock bands that I ever voluntarily listened to on my own uh and enema of the state being a very early album that i owned so uh yeah so blink 182 just to give like just a little refresher i'm sure everybody knows who they are but uh they are a pop punk band from california southern california specifically in, in the san diego area um they were always a trio started by Tom DeLonge, Mark Hoppus, and Scott Rayner was their original drummer until the great Travis Barker replaced him for the Enema of the State album. Um, They put out a demo in 94 called Buddha, uh, which I think was very successful in that like underground punk rock Mm. SoCal scene. And uh, the next year, they followed it up with Cheshire Cat, which was like their big debut. And that's kind of when they took off and they started touring and they became bigger. And then uh, they had their hit song, Damn It, uh, off the album Dude Ranch, uh, which got them even more success. And then by the time Enema came out, All the Small Things was like a massive single that was played on mainstream radio. So, and I think that at that time, people were like, oh, they fucking sold out, whatever, which fuck is you. the classic case we talk about, when a band gets big, all their fans are like, yeah. they sold out. Which is just fans not wanting <clears throat> artists to make money. 
Dude, I know it's it's so stupid. I actually feel like, especially in the like punk scene, mm. is yeah. like making any kind of money is seen as like a bad thing. Yeah. Even though, like, fuck that fucking attitude. People still have it too. I feel like, and I just think that that's so fucking stupid. Like, I, this is this is going on a little tangent, but fellow pop punk band and contemporary band of Blink-182 Green Day, I know that they had a story where after they became successful with their album Dookie, uh, when they went back to 924 Gilman in Berkeley, which was like the, it's like the opera house of punk rock, like okay, every fucking like bloody venue. and their mother, yeah, was, okay. came up there. They were, there was like spray painted on the side, like, fuck Green Day, don't let them in, like, fuck Billy Joe, like, if we see Billy Joe come into this place, we're gonna fucking kill him, because they got so successful, and but mm. they started at 924 Gilman. So... That's dumb. However, I don't think Blink-182 has received much hate because they are quite a beloved band. Yeah. Blink-182, I like how you keep saying constantly to our audience, you're like, you know who they are. You know their story. You know everything about them. (laughs) But uh, they are a band that I was just not around my... I, I didn't know them well growing up. And I know they were massive. I remember hearing like a song in like a Madden video game when I was a kid, but, and hearing it here and there, but I, it just pop punk for some reason was not big in my environment growing up. And I feel like that is weird. I feel like everyone I talked to like had this phase where like pop punk and all these bands were so big. And yeah, I, for me, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that phase never really, left me to be honest like i'll still go back to these pop punk records and and blast them to my little emo heart out but um yeah that's i I think that part of that is is and this is like a very basic uh assessment but like i think part of it is probably that you grew up in the city and i think that pop punk is a very suburban thing it's like a very angsty like we want to get out of this town suburban kind of feeling that's why it did so well in i think in the southern california scene that's why it does so well in the midwest uh long island was huge with pop punk so i think a lot of those suburban areas they have that angst of just like fuck you mom fuck you dad i don't care yeah you know and hey skateboarding i felt skateboarding for sure is like i did yeah yeah. and it it was just a weird thing where like I, i i feel like i had this cultural blind spot of pop punk and then I went to college and people were obsessed with Blink-182 and I think they were touring and it was like the hottest ticket in town and I was like oh damn I have not heard about this band in years and I had no idea that they had such a cultural legacy and like I look at their like numbers on Spotify and it's like massive massive band yeah and well at that time specifically you're talking about their reunion tour I believe because that was when we were going into our freshman year and that was they had been on a hiatus for f- since 2003 so like 2009 to 2010 is was when that tour was happening so and and they broke up i mean they essentially yeah. like officially broke up after yeah. their self-titled release in 2003 so when they re-announced they announced that reunion tour that was like holy shit they're coming back that's yeah. amazing so it was cool i i saw them uh I think I believe they played with Weezer, and I believe mm. it was a very good show. I just remember so many people were into them, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I I just feel dumb that I did not know. I don't know culture. I don't know. I like 
you that happens with us you and me there's like oh, this i just missed the mid 2000s in rock <laughs> music and early 2000s that was um, a very formidable time for me in rock yes. music you punk <laughs> okay okay so listening to blink 182 for the first time really ever in my life digging into it i noticed a lot of their lyrics are about the suburbs they're absurd they're comedic very sexual very sophomore but clearly humorous yeah and to me the, the the thing the most recognizable thing about this band is i thought it was tom delange delong yeah it's his voice his voice is so yes. recognizable and interesting and that voice is like such a like on the rushmore of like pop punk like all pop punk bands like try to sound like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's so different than what i'm used you know to. what's interesting is that it's actually coming back in in mm. even in like pop music and like yeah. like so like rapper machine gun kelly released an album like a rock album okay that it fucking sucks but he's like clearly trying to be tom DeLong in this album he's like singing exactly like the very like whiny like yeah here i am interesting that's angels and airwaves but yes that's that's like how he's singing I do think it's coming back. I, I let, let me mention because you mentioned their like lyrics and how they're like mm-hmm. the humor in their lyrics. Uh, Wikipedia says uh, the band emerged from Southern California punk scene in the early 1990s and first gained notoriety for high energy live shows and irreverent t- lyrical toilet humor, which yes. is a perfect example of some of the songs they have. So, for example, they have a song called. Uh, when you fucked grandpa which is about <laughs> fucking your own grandfather uh which is just delightful mm. they have uh, a very <laughs> a very sincere and delightful. heartfelt song with the lyrics it would be nice to have a blowjob and this is not my first lyric but i just love how innocent that sounds because it's not like bitch give me a blowjob it's like it would be nice which just is putting that out there in the universe yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely clear. I know you said that when you were a kid, you were obsessed with them and their lyrics were the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, you. oh, the the song Happy Holidays You Bastard, which I mentioned in our holiday yeah. special, which which is why I didn't pick it for this, but like that was so funny to me. Like I couldn't believe that you could say those words in a song. Like when I heard I was just like it's Christmas Eve and I just wrapped two fucking or like it's it's Labor Day and my grandpa just ate seven fucking hot dogs and he shit his pants. I was like that how can you write a song about that and put it out and it sounds good. It's catchy and it's fun and it's hilarious. They have a song called Benoit Balls, which is <laughs> okay. about <laughs> Benoit Balls are uh, like anal beads, I think. Okay. And um, it's a song about uh, finding out that you, the, somebody like the, their, this person's sh- lover shit their pants. And <laughs> by the way that they shit their pants, the girl found out that he was her dad because he's, she was like, oh, that's how my dad shit his pants. <laughs> Just the <laughs> fact that there's so many songs in there, I'll use the word again, oof, that <laughs> are about shitting their pants is pretty iconic. I assume that they are the band that references shitting pants probably the most of yeah, any and band in history. <laughs> what's very funny is that... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> this lyric is like... The last lyric of that 
of that song, Ben Wobbles, is when I was a little girl, my dad left my mom. He used to always fart and sing this special song. Now I wasn't quite so sure until your pants did fall, because now I know that you're my dad, because you used Ben Wobbles. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, there are punk bands that put out songs with objectively terrible lyrics that are like trying to be edgy, mm-hmm. and then you listen to it now in 2020, and you're like that song that you released that was like edgy and like violent is just dumb. Yes. Blink-182 avoided that. Instead, they just made songs that were incredibly stupid and like fart jokes and toilet humor that yeah. also are like stupid, but like it's aged in a different way. Well, it's it's because it's the thing of like yeah. we're not trying it's it's less of a it's a fuck you to like uh, mainstream rock in the way that it is punk and and the, what they're singing, but it's also less of a fuck you because it's not like so overt and angry. It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, we know what we are. Yeah. We know how we sound. Just embrace it. It's funny. We'll just have fun, you know? And with that, audience at home, we want you to have fun. So strap in, because Andrew Stieglitz is about to kick it off with our first Blink-182 lyric. Are you ready? I'm ready. My first lyric... <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. I am ready, yes. <laughs> what are we doing again? Uh, yeah. My first lyric is from the song Dysentery Gary from the album Enema of the State. Lots of anal references. Also, the album cover for Enema of the State is like very famous star. but ridiculous. Yeah, Just she, like, she's a real porn star, I think, at the time she was. It's it's a woman doctor with um, a very low-cut doctor scrubs yeah. <laughs> with like a glove on looking at the camera and the album's called Enema of the State, which purely like, yeah, you can tell what this album is going to be filled with. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's going to be filled with dumb jokes that are funny. There are some yeah. poignant songs on this album, too. Uh, mm. Like, Adam's song is kind of sad, uh, but this song is not. <laughs> this song, Dysentery Gary, uh, the lyric is, He's a player, diarrhea giver. Tried to grow his hair out as friends were listening to Slayer. I'd like to find him Friday night, hanging out with mom and trying on his father's tights. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here's a question I genuinely always had listening to this song, not even yeah. as a joke, but like, what do you think a guy would have to do to be considered a diarrhea giver? That isn't a u- unique description of a person. I've never heard anyone described as that. I would think like a bad cook is a diarrhea giver. Okay, a bad cook. I I would think I always thought, and maybe this is too uh, way overanalyzing this lyric, but like I always thought it was somebody. Okay, who, uh, in this text, I will talk about how Blink One Eighty Two's use pieces. of diarrhea giver is actually about the systematic suffering. Oppression. <laughs> I have a 72-page thesis on Diary Giver. (laughs) I always thought it was a guy who just, like, he had such a a bad vibe. Like, his vibes Mm. were so off, as the kids say today, that, like, he's just like, oh, like, being around you makes Mm. me have diarrhea. Oh, I can see that. 
It's like when I log onto Twitter and there's like some people I follow and I'm like, why do I follow this person who's anxious 24 seven? And I see their tweets and it's just like, why do I feel like I'm going to die at any moment? And I'm just like, oh God, why did I let this person? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that anxiety into my life. I think uh, that actually it's... A- that should be a term for those type of people like a toxic person like there's no term for like just calling somebody a toxic person mm-hmm. we should call them dysentery garys like this guy is a real mm. fucking dysentery gary don't go don't go near or him. he's a diarrhea givers. giver but like dysentery gary has is has like a fun catchy name to it and like yeah. just to be like yeah dude i i know i invited bob to the party tonight i, I know he's a dysentery gary but just try and have fun with him you yeah. know oh man this guy's a poser he's hanging out he's he's a poser because he's he's growing his hair out while his friends are listening to slayer Mm. um he hangs out with his mom and tries on his father's tights uh yeah that's weird it kind of reminds me of like a little bit sort of like buster from arrested development (laughs) it's the type of thing that also like blink 182 is just throwing in as many random details as they can (laughs) <laughs> yeah painting <laughs> like, a real picture if you will yeah they really know how to uh paint a renoir <laughs> um, yes yeah my first okay. lyric is from the album entitled take off your pants and jacket which once again speaks to the can i say up until a few years very recently i did not know that was a pun i really didn't I, and especially because the album cover has pants and jackets on it so i was like i always just thought it was take off your pants and also your jacket but i realized late into my tw- early 20s <laughs> that it was a pun well, that makes sense for the lyric boys to be two thick gold dummies <laughs> who don't understand the subtlety of art. <laughs> so the song is First Date. Okay, love this song. Yeah. And In the car, I just can't wait. <laughs> so the lyric is, when you smile, I melt inside. I'm not worthy for a minute of your time. I really wish it was only me and you. I'm jealous of everybody in the room. Please don't look at me with those eyes. Please don't hint that you're capable of lies. I dread the thought of our very first kiss, a target that I'm probably going to miss. The way you read it, it gives me a whole new interpretation of this. Well, okay. So what is funny to me about this is that like... If this were like a radar going off for anxiety levels, it would be off the charts right now. Oh my it'd be God, like man. a 10 on the Doppler scale of whatever that is a scale of. Yeah. Richter scale, 28. That's yeah. the highest in my made-up anxiety Richter scale. It's just like, I love that this, this the singer is like, don't look at me. I'm hideous. I'm nothing. I can't be anything compared to you. Don't look at me. Do not make <laughs> eye contact with me. I, and also like... Don't I even that. fucking look at me. I'm hideous. It's like showing up for a date. You're like, how's it going? I'm Lucian. Don't fucking look at me. Okay? <laughs> Keep your eyes on the menu. You're beautiful. You are a, a perfect human. You do charity work. I spent a whole day <laughs> sitting at home reading a book doing nothing. I could have been saving people's lives. 
I could have volunteered at the fire department. I'm <laughs> human scum. I like I'm the not anger. Even worthy. <laughs> the anger of just like, don't look at me. You're too beautiful. <laughs> I. What's the? Yeah. Okay. What is so funny to me with this song is like he. Isn't it like I just I just can't wait, right? Or like he's if this person is really excited for this first date and yeah. also clearly dying inside. <laughs> yeah, so. it also reminds me of that Idol song that yeah. we talked about. All sat in the taxi, all clad in black, going. Ah! Yeah, I I just love this person. He melts inside. He's not worthy of a minute of her time. He's jealous of everyone in the room. Don't look at me with those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me with those eyes <laughs> like if you're if you're gonna make eye contact with you please put on sunglasses it is yeah. rude for me to be looking for you to be looking at me with those piercing beautiful eyes okay <laughs> your eyes are sure. it's, it's actually insulting how beautiful you are right now okay the fact that you are so much better of a person than me is is derogatory and offensive how do we have such similar dna when your DNA created a perfect specimen and my DNA created human excrement. <laughs> also like that he he's like thinks they're gonna kiss. Like he thinks that yeah. that's gonna happen based uh, yeah, on the he's way he's projecting, behaving. He's projecting this behavior and he's like, Yeah, but we're we're gonna kiss. Like and then she definitely still wants me after all of that. He thinks he's gonna miss. Which is very yeah. funny to me. Also, because he's he's like covering his eyes, probably because he's like, he's like, I'm gonna melt. Don't look at me. I am the wife of Lot. Right? Is that <laughs> wow? Good, good biblical reference. Dude. I cannot look at you, or I shall turn into salt. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, then that's a, that's a good point. It also gets like progressively more and more anxious to like. A deranged level like when you smile and melt inside that's that's nice i'm not yeah, worthy like, for a minute of your time okay a little extreme but I, I understand the sentiment i really wish it was only me and you okay i mean i you you suggested this restaurant but we could we could go to a more private place i'm jealous of everybody in the room okay well we're, i'm not on a date with them i'm on a date with you please don't look at me with those eyes well what else, what should i do please don't even hint that you're capable of lies don't even open your mouth i also i, I dread our first kiss that's definitely going to happen after i told you all this right now so you said that the way I read the lyric changed your interpretation of the song. How did you think of it before? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it changed my interpretation necessarily. It's just like the way you read it. Like, like I always knew it was an angsty lyric, but like reading it slowly like that, I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, this person is a mess. It's also funny because I feel like their other songs are genuinely hyper-confident. So to be like... <laughs> yeah. So I pulled a cup I pulled like a bunch of YouTube comments for some reason. Okay. Um, I gotta hear this. <laughs> there's a ton that are okay. Here's just some weird one. <laughs> so this song came out in 2001. I remind you what else happened in 2001. Oh my god. Don't even shocking <laughs> and changed the world, and which kind of nullifies the first sentence of this following comment. What? Back when the world was simpler. <laughs> yes, 2001, clearly the simplest year in human history. Okay. The comment is, back when the world was simpler, you didn't need to be a drug addict to be looked at as rebellious. 
people weren't so divided about mundane things. EA and Activision weren't the hated scum of the earth, and the music rocked hard. This person is 12. (laughs) Yes, this person is 12, loves video games, and thinks that EA and Activision are the scum of the earth and that we're all divided about our favorite video game companies. (laughs) The (laughs) The world was simpler in 2001. His version of the news is not like Trump versus Biden. It's like EA versus like Insomniac Games. This (laughs) person is like protesting outside of the office of Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) And it's just like, you lied to me and I will never be the same again. I will never feel... Love. He's like, look, I don't know. Trump, Biden, whatever. That's irrelevant. Okay. EA Games, they're charging for loot boxes. It's not cool. <laughs> I demand reform. Yeah. <laughs> Another, there's just so many weird comments in this video. It's bizarre to me. Another one is who, who's, who's else watching and reading comments in same time? Can't be the only one. <laughs> As if this person is clearly so strange that they would be reading the YouTube comments and watching the video at the same time. No one else does that. No, you can't. You have to hit pause and deeply ingest the YouTube comments with your whole sense of being. I feel like this is the YouTube comments of this. I have two more. Are either yeah, Boomer wanna... or just 12-year-old is confused. Yeah. Yeah. This one is Boomer. <laughs> okay. Now we... Now we just have a bunch of plastic-pumped rappers who can get famous by shaking their fake butts to the camera and rapping about their private parts. <laughs> it's very meatloaf. Very meatloaf. It's also like Blink-182 sang tons of songs about their private parts and were like half-naked in plenty of their music They literally videos. have a song called I Wanna Fuck a Dog in the Ass. And this person's like, the rappers these days, their private parts, that ain't music. <laughs> I think that this person is just short of being like, listen, I'm just going to say it. Black people shouldn't make music. Yeah. This is clearly a racist person yes. being like, it's yeah. okay when Blake 182 says that they want to fuck a dog. That's, yeah. That makes sense. In the ass. Yeah. Yeah. But a, a, a rapper, <laughs> disgusting to me. Yeah. All right. So here's my favorite comment just because of um, the vibe of, of just this call to action. This, let's rise up and do this together. Okay. The comment is, I see lots of comments saying, I miss this music. I hate new music, which is understandable and I 100% agree, but I don't see many people doing something about it. Seriously, if we all learned an instrument, started a band and write some tunes, there might actually be a musical revolution that brings this sort of music back. Stop complaining and make a change. You Love never know. You might be the kid who brings punk rock back. Few things. A few things about this comment. Number one, uh, I would love to be in like a 75 person band. Like we are the punk revolution. And there's just like a thousand people on stage playing different songs. Because nobody could <laughs> that Arcade Fire was big. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 75 person punk band. The other thing also is that people like this. And I guess the people who were complaining about this are just like, like you realize that Blink-182 for years was not a mainstream well-known band. Like for the better part of the 90s, they were relatively underground. So like, do you think that like 
rock music doesn't exist in some form. Like it, 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 it just kind of annoys me when people are like there are no, there's no good music out today. It's all rappers. Like dig slightly under the surface, and you'll find a whole fucking new world of music that you'll enjoy for sure. It's also this person is like one of those Twitter comments we talk about hating, which is like, if you think that there is no music around, good music around today, then you better do something. You better start a band (laughs) and start a musical revolution. It is that easy. It's your fault. Personally, you should take this personally. And also this person's not doing anything about it themselves. They're not like, oh, I also started a band. Want to join? At least the person that we talked about who left the comment on that Run the Jewels video that's like, I rap 200 words a minute. I want to find a rapper to join me. That person was seeking out another person. This person is like, you start the musical revolution. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys do something about it. I'm just going to lecture you about how... Yeah, that's every fucking Twitter person. <laughs> All right. That, 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 give me your second lyric. I spent a long time on that one. That's great. Um, my second lyric is from the song Anthem Part 2. From the album Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. (laughs) Corporate (laughs) leaders. We we always have to give a laugh after we say take off your pants and jacket. (laughs) 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 So fucking stupid. Corporate leaders, politicians. Kids can't vote. Adults elect them. Laws that rule the school and workplace. Signs that caution. 16's unsafe. I gotta say... (laughs) I love Blink-182, but thinking that kids voting is the answer is definitely how I felt as a kid and also definitely not how I feel now as an adult. Like, they're like, kids can't vote. vote. Adults elect these corporate fucking uh, corrupt politicians. We should let kids vote. And I don't agree. You can't elect a corporate leader. None of us elected Jeff Bezos to lead Amazon. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But also thinking like, like we have all this corruption. We have these politicians who just make constant war. Blink-182, what's the answer? 14-year-olds, they should vote. They, they, they need to say. It's also like the one political lyric I've noticed from Blink-182, other than that quarantine song that they just released, that is very much an indictment of you know, U.S. handling of coronavirus. Uh-huh. This is the only other political lyric I've seen of them in listening to all their songs. So it's very rare for them to do that, I find. I don't know if that's true or not. But Yeah, and let me clarify, because I know people are going to get mad at me saying, like, well, what about, like, there are young activists who are doing better things than a lot of adults today. And yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> So the sunrise just, movement is going to come for you, Andrew Stieglitz. Those let's just get out that, that that's a joke. Smart Number people. two, uh, it's just funny to be like, like of all the things, <laughs> it's of all the things to be like the solution to our problems, like our, our, our corruption and our terrible government is letting 16-year-olds have a vote. Like, I just think that that's a funny, like, uh, way to interpret America's problems. Not not to say that 16-year-olds can't, can't be smart, but it's just an interesting way to go about solving things. At, at what age do you think that you personally could have put in your first vote and feel good about See, it? See, here's the thing. When I was younger, for sure, I, 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 
my political views actually have never changed. Like I've always heavily identified as de- I mean I grew up in like a pretty liberal house, so like I've always like identified as like a democrat like always was like oh i know that like my family is voting blue like i'm voting blue so like if you polled me at like eight years old like who are you gonna vote Mm -hmm. for like george bush or al gore i would have said al gore and my answer would still be the same today if you're like who would you have voted for yeah al gore but um you don't think you should have as an eight-year-old been allowed to vote for al gore yeah, probably not. Didn't have the life experience yet to understand why that was the right choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a memory. So my family similarly has always been democratic growing up. Uh, but I they never like pushed it on me at all. Um, and I do have a memory of kindergarten in kindergarten being like, I wonder if I like Democrats or Republicans more. I like the color red and the elephant logo, though. That's pretty enticing for the Republicans. And that was the end of my flirtation with the Republican Party. Was that brief moment in kindergarten talking at the table being like, huh, these Republicans, they seem fun. (laughs) Well, Lucian, you are canceled now for even considering the Republican Party as a viable option. Damn, I shouldn't have mentioned that time I was in the Hitler Youth. <laughs> I thought these interesting symbols—they're—they're they're pretty cool. What are they? Yeah, <laughs> I like the uh, hand movements. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> they get to march. That sounds fun. <laughs> Give me your uh, second lyric, if you so please. My second lyric is from the song "Feeling This," which is a song about. The sexy times and the romantic times in a relationship. I think that's one of their best songs, to be honest. Yeah. It's catchy. I remember it from Madden 2004. Shout out Madden 2004. Nice. Um, PS2. What a great era. mm, The lyric is, place your hand in mine. I'll leave when I want to. Said many times over and over in the song. And that's like the romantic part of the song, right? Mm -hmm. Because the other part of the song is like, Papa, ready. <laughs> <laughs> and this part of the song is like, love, love, love. Um, what I love about this is it sounds like compassionate at first. Like, place your hand in mine. I'll leave whenever the fuck I want to. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hold my hands, but also I am not beholden to your time. This is on my time. Just Let's just get that right. It's like, baby, give me your hand. This moment is always, oh, look at the time. I'm going to miss the game. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bounce. This was nice. We should do this again sometime. Okay. okay take take your hand back. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that is? That's an interesting point. I never really put that together. Like, the like, place your hand in mine. I love you. Also, uh, got to go. Place your hand in mine. The connection we feel is the ultimate love. It is the connection of everything in the universe. It, is it makes me realize the that there is no separation between any of us. We're all together. We're all one. Mm. Why do we even fathom our differences? Oh, <clears throat> oh man, Papa's feeling hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I get some burgers in me or something. I don't. Know, you don't have anything in this house, do you? Right? Oh, you never do. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I told you I'd leave when I wanna. So you can't you can't say that I'm bailing because I said I I literally said up top I'll leave when I wanna. Now let's go back to Tom for another uh, sexy time. Sexy time verse. And Tom's like, where are you? Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. 
Amazing. <laughs> I just want you to do that like 18 times. All right. So that 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 is all I have. That's my commentary. I'm done, baby. I'm going to bounce now. <laughs> well, you said you'd leave when you wanted to. So I guess I'll have to do this podcast on my own. But audience at home, you're beholden. You started this podcast. You have to finish it up with a show some class. <laughs> um, uh, my, my third lyric is from the song The Rock Show. The lyric is, because I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. She said, what? And I told her that I didn't know. And I actually, I always thought this was, this is like genuinely a funny lyric to be like, mm-hmm. I love you. What? Um, I said, I love uh, y- y- ukuleles. Yeah, that, that, that's what I said. Because it's so loud at the rock show. Yeah. And also him declaring his love for somebody who he just met. And later on, he's like 17 without a purpose or direction. We don't owe anyone a fucking explanation, which is very angsty teenagers Yeah, running away, being like, we're going to run away and vote. <laughs> we're, exactly. We're going to vote. <laughs> we are going to vote for a candidate that gets us. We are going to vote for a cool, hip teen president. <laughs> He's on from TikTok the people that brought you hot. from the people that brought you that's so raven it's teen president listen as teen president my first order of business is parents don't understand <laughs> yeah Ooh. that's kind of what this is um yeah. yeah i mean this is this is a lyric maybe one of the only lyrics we'll have on on this show that is um uh, just like kind of funny in its own right without like being too over the top or too like ridiculous or too it's just like she said what and i told her that i didn't know i think that's just so funny to put in a chorus yeah i i I don't even know what it means but have you i think it's literally like i I told a girl i loved her and then she was like what and i was like uh nothing have you ever been in a situation which you made some big grand revelation about something and then the person didn't hear you and you're just like chose not to do it after that you're like nope i'm I'm, I'm, nope yeah i I mean there's definitely there's that well like grand revelation i don't know definitely like making a joke where i'm much like Mm -hmm. this is nailing and then the person's like sorry what and you're like i can't do the joke (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you have to show the joke all over again you're like all right so you know how like two seconds ago you said like the thing about geese, <laughs> yeah. and then I made a joke about swans. Yeah, but then you forgot that you talked about geese, so now it just seems like I made a joke about swans out of the blue. That makes no sense. Yeah, and she's like, "What?" And you're like, "I don't know." I don't know. I, I'm hungry. I said I'd leave when I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I told you that already. <laughs> My third Blink One Eighty Two lyric is from Enema of the State. It's from the song "What's My Age Again," which is one of their biggest hits. It's I took her out. It was a Friday night. I wore cologne to get the feeling right. We started making out, and then she took off my pants. But then I turned on the TV. And, and that's about the time she walked away from me. Oh, I don't know. I forgot that lyric. Thank you for including that. No, but that's, just, that's the story. That's how it goes. Yeah. Let me just say thank you yes. for getting it right. Because a lot of people think, and Mark Hoppus had to recently tweet, the lyric is... I wore cologne to get the feeling right. A lot of people mistake that lyric for I walk alone to get the feeling right. Mm. But but the correct lyric is I wore cologne to get the feeling right. So good job. It's very it's a funny lyric. Similar similar to um first date. 
Yeah. In, in the sense that I'm imagining the character from first date. And then suddenly, like they're everything's working it's the well same for guy. them, it's the same and then guy. they just like turn on the TV for some reason. I also just like he's wearing cologne. He's taking this person out. He's trying to impress, and then he just puts on the television. He also like he nailed the kiss that he said he thought he was going to miss at first date, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, he's like, fuck, I can finally relax. And then he got so caught up in the relaxation moment of it. He's like, I'm going to pop on some TV. And she's like, what the fuck? I just took off your pants. <laughs> he's he's like, just like standing there with his boxers or just his... No, he's literally... His, his naked hat from he's, the waist down. He's like fully erect. <laughs> he's just watching TV. <laughs> he's like, shut up, Letterman is on. <laughs> she's like, why do you have a boner though? And he's like... Letterman's uh, funny Letterman. the way he talks to that Paul Shear or not Paul Shear Paul what is Paul Shear's like me um it's Paul Shear oh no I'm sorry it's 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 Paul uh Schaefer Schaefer yeah yeah the way he talks to that man is a very funny dynamic <laughs> yeah. well it's also funny about the song is like this person is 23 and doing these like self-sabotaging things and then wondering why no one likes him <laughs> Right, and then yeah. he thinks he has ADD, and it's like, yeah, probably if you. Yeah, like. but he's like, he's like, <laughs> the reason he's so anxious on first date is because like it always happens that the woman leaves him, and he's like, I, I just don't know why. Maybe I'm just a trash person. I, I don't know what it could be. Like you're so beautiful, and I'm not. And she's like, I'm literally telling you, it's because in the middle of our lovemaking. You stopped midway through, said I'm done, made a sandwich, and turned on the TV. That's why. <laughs> That's like, why okay. it doesn't work for you. Listen, this keeps happening, but for some reason, every night, 1135, that's when Letterman comes out, and I don't miss a Letterman, okay? So, like, I just don't miss a Letterman. You can't expect me to miss a Letterman. (laughs) She's like, but we, you were almost finished. You stopped. Letterman started, okay? Then I start again. (laughs) And then she breaks up with him and then cue first date anxiety where he's like, I don't know what happened. I really Top don't. Top 10 reasons why I, no one will date me. Yeah. One, <laughs> I watch too much Letterman. <laughs> and he's like trying, <laughs> he's really trying to, ra- he's racking his brain. He's like, look, I know I, maybe I've done some things in the past that that I'm not too proud of. Maybe maybe it's because uh, I told her I'd leave when, when she held my hand maybe. And she's like, I'm telling you, it's the TV. You turn it on while we're having sex. It's not cool. Hey, here's a pro tip for the listeners at home. You want to set the mood right. Here's how you do it. You go into the archives. You get the funniest Dave Letterman performances. You cue that stuff up. You get your hot date home. You start getting hot and heavy. You say, wait a minute. I got to check the time. You don't check the time. You get the remote. You turn that thing on. You put on David. You go to town, baby. <laughs> the year is 2007. All right. Give me your fourth Blink-182 lyric. Wow, we're blowing through this. My fourth lyric is from the song called The Party Song oh. from uh, from Enema of the State. And it's some girls try too hard to impress with those things on their chest and the things <laughs> they suggest to me. And I just wrote one little thing down here that I want to say. Imagine not knowing <laughs> what boobs are. <laughs> it 
it's such a fucking stupid joke. But imagine just like, you know, it's kind of like the what is Christmas guy from our house. Okay, well, I, I have some, a story that's kind of about someone who doesn't know what boobs are. I remember what? for some reason, this is an elementary school memory that I have. Okay. That is our teacher was this man, a substitute teacher who was teaching us about like the sewage system and the way New York City had plumbing and poop went down the toilet. <laughs> It's a weird thing to teach. I don't think I've ever learned about indoor plumbing. That's why I've you don't know never, how to use a toilet. I've never. This is, again, our disconnect from, from growing up in the city versus growing up in the suburbs. In the city, we learn about indoor plumbing. In the suburbs, we poop wherever we want. We just shit in the street. Um, and this man who was our substitute teacher told us a story about how he once saw a, a woman and went to his mom and was like, why does that woman have a butt on her chest? Because <laughs> he thought boobs are butts on the chest. That is and that's it's also so weird fucking funny. Thinking back to this and being like, this is what a, like a, a fourth grade, third grade teacher told a class. <laughs> you were in third grade when the teacher told you guys this story? Yeah. <laughs> what was this teacher's personality? Like he's smoking a cigarette. He's like, guys, third graders, let me tell you something. I... You know how, uh, you know what tits are, right? He's just like very, <laughs> very aggressive. And you're like, are we going to learn about like, I don't know, multiplication? Well, you is know like, how memory is like so fickle from this time period? In my head, I'm also equating this with the, 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 <laughs> the musical Stomp and watching that on VHS. And I feel like this teacher also showed us Stomp. My point <laughs> is, this is an example of someone who was like, what are those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What this guy in uh, this narrator though is like thirty three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't know what they are because he always turns on the TV every time they start getting hot and heavy. And he's like, I just want to know what it is that's under their shirt. Not in like a sexual way. I'm just like, what no, are I just want to know. I'm just curious. It's a part that I don't have. Uh, I'd like to know what it is. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I I imagine your your teacher as just like. This chain-smoking, like, mm. gruffy guy who's like, kids, let me tell you something about uh, women's breasts, okay? <laughs> like, kids, you're going to want to learn this when you grow up. And people, the other teacher session, tell you this, but listen. He's teaching you, he's like, when you take a shit, all right, <laughs> and you flush the toilet, this is where it goes. Also, check out the tits on this broad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what... Mm. What's also funny to this lyric is that this is another narrator in a Blink-182 song who's just a strange person who's like, these women are trying so hard to impress with those things and then yeah. the things they suggest to me. This person doesn't like any of this. He's just like, <laughs> no, stop telling me like you like me and, and, and I'm hot. Yeah. Don't. I'm a piece stop. of shit, okay? I know Don't it. look at me. No, I, I also like that he's like, they're trying to impress me. And if you polled every single girl at that party, they'd be like, A, I don't even know who that is. And B, I certainly would never try and impress him. This is like one He is way too up his own ass. This person's an incel who's like, women try too hard to win my love. Also, <laughs> no like, one will ever love me and I will die alone and I've never been in a relationship. And I can't put the two together. He's <laughs> like, the reason I'm a virgin, Okay. <laughs> The reason I'm a 35-year-old virgin is because these women try too hard to impress me. And it doesn't just, impress me. Just and, he, the and, right and, and you know what? I just Those want things, it to be natural. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, look, 
I know I haven't seen whatever it is that's on their chest, okay? I don't need, I'm okay living my life knowing, not knowing what those things on their chest are because they just try so hard. I'm also getting an image of like a seven-year-old running to his other seven-year-old friends being like, I found out. I found out what it is. I found out what those things are and what they do and it's fucking crazy, man. (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love it. Oh, Seagulls, you're trying too hard. You make me feel good about saying that I'm funny. Don't. It's too much. It's. Fu- I imagine this incel as a 35-year-old going up to his other friends who are not incels and being like, the women with those things on her chest. Am I right, guys? And they're like, wait, <laughs> brother, she's she's not wearing she's not wearing a necklace. And he's like, no, you know those things. And he's like, what? Her shirt collar? No. no. And they're like, do you do you know what boobs are? It's also like the type of family who like doesn't say private parts around yeah, each other yeah. that are just like, oh. um yeah, the things in the chest and and the the um, Mister Don't Touch Zone that the yeah. man has and your, the Mrs. Your don't zone? Touch Zone, <laughs> no no zone, thank you. <laughs> and the uh, man no no zone goes into the woman no no zone and they high five and that's how babies get me. And then your teacher comes and he's like, "Listen, let me tell you what happens when you take a shit, okay?" Uh, yeah, love it. Um, All right, is this your fifth or fourth lyric? Fourth lyric. Right. It's from Adam's song on Enema of the State, which is their most depressing song that I've come across, and it's like about yeah. a de- kind of like suicidal uh, teen who is like contemplating what a suicide note would be like, and it's yeah. dark. Um, and the first yeah, lyric sad. is, "I never thought I'd die alone." I laughed the loudest. Who would have known? Which sad. As yeah. someone who's very loud and takes the air out of rooms to be like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Um, but then the lyric, he's thinking about like the things he'd write in the note and he goes, I never thought I'd die alone. Another six months, I'll be unknown. Give all my things to all my friends. You'll never step foot in my room again. You'll close it off, board it up. Remember the time that I spilled the cup of apple juice in the hall? Please tell mom this is not her fault. And that is for me, funny in the wake of all the depressing suicide talk. <laughs> it's so sad. It's like, you'll never see me again. Tell my friends it's not their fault. Like, you'll never right, be tell in my, my room. mom it's not her fault. Yeah, the one memory I have in all of my life <laughs> is spilling apple juice in this hallway. Tell mom it is not her fault. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that is a surprising memory. Is that like the memory that this kid lives with? That's like, I shouldn't have spilled that apple juice. I shouldn't have spilled yeah. that apple juice. I got the apple juice everywhere. And then it smelled like apple juice. And they're going to call me Mr. Apple. And I didn't like it. <laughs> and the mom's like, I don't, I don't know what could have driven him to suicide. And they're like, does apple juice ring a bell? She's like, oh God, I told him to forget the apple juice. I told him, but he wouldn't listen to me. I have this memory of like spilling milk on a table and then. And then wanting to kill yourself told afterwards. To, being being told, told to oh. kill yourself. No, okay. I do have something about that. That is <laughs> not what you think. Okay. But I have a memory of spilling milk and then um, soon after being told to put a bunch of Legos away and then like my little childhood brain I equated me spilling milk with punishment of putting Legos away when it was just like <laughs> random and I was like damn it I shouldn't have spilled that milk like that was now my Legos are away my memory about the moment of life that I distinctly remember someone in a moment of anxiety and panic being like I'm gonna kill myself I'm gonna do it 
came in first grade. I was in the Bronx Zoo. Young. And me and my boys in the first grade class really wanted to see the exhibit of birds. The squad. The av- aviary. When the, the squad, squad rolls out to the Bronx Zoo to check out the birds. Yeah, so this is a field trip. One of the parents and took a kid and they renewed their membership. So we're down one chaperone. Now we only have one chaperone left. And they look at some seals or shit. And I got a map and I'm like, fuck that. Let's go find this aviary. So me and the boys squad, we roll. We're the first grade boys squad. We make it to the aviary. We get there. And we realize we're totally alone. It's just like us five cool, hip, young first grade boys chilling outside the aviary. We try to go in and the security guard says, you can't go in here. You're not allowed. You need adult supervision. And we're all like, you're kidding me. We just worked this whole time. We transverse and trekked across the zoo to get there and then we re- then at that moment we all realized we were lost and we were we weren't around anyone That's and then scary. this one kid i in the grade i forget his name but he's just like he loses it and i remember he was also like the school bully tis that is very funny that he lost it and he like starts crying and there was a really slow moving golf cart driving in the zoo that's owned by the <laughs> staff and he's like going. i'm gonna do it he's like we fucking got lost i'm gonna throw myself in front of this golf cart like i'm gonna die and it was <laughs> just like a, <laughs> as a first grader shocking that is and shocking. then i so what ran, happened i ran across the zoo and i um with my map I ran to the where the rendezvous point. We were supposed to meet the other first graders. And at some point I got lost and I asked this elderly couple to point and they, I, I, and I, get, I got there and then I ran into like another group of kids and a chaperone and I was like, listen, everyone's lost. They're all at the aviary. And then later they all got driven back in police motorcycles and it was so cool and I missed out on police motorcycle drive. Shit. My point is though, that was a moment of strength. That was just like, the weirdest reason to I've ever this. seen in my life. I imagine this song as a short film, a black and white student film, because student oh. films are always filled with suicide. Yeah. And I imagine it's a very like trying to be artistic student film. And it's a guy walking with a cup of apple juice and he spills it. And it's just like smash cut to his face. And he's like, and the music is like, and he's like, and then you cut to like his wrists and he, and he's like, the blood is mixing with the apple juice. And, mm. and then it's just like, Ooh. the name of the movie is Apple. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> but that would be a serious film you'd see in college. A hundred percent. And the guy, the, the guy would have like a college sweater on the whole time. <laughs> Because every student film has, uh, yeah. So he would have Siegel a and I went to Boston University Film School, and every single student film was just extremely lazy to the point that everyone was wearing BU branded merch <laughs> in the student film. So it'd be like a twenty-year-old kid pretending to be like a thirty-five-year-old like doctor mom of like two kids. Yeah, doctor, doctor mom doing it all. The girl boss, yes. <laughs> And she'd be wearing like a BU shirt. And then like her patient, who is a renowned physicist who's 73, also played by a 20-year-old kid with a BU shirt. And they'd have a conversation and you'd just be like, okay, you could have easily just had them wear anything else. 
the, and yet the doctor in the BU sweatshirt and the BU hoodie is like, you have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's in black and white, too, because, yes. of course, the student film's got to be in black and white. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, Boston University. <laughs> Taught us everything we know. Um, this is your fifth lyric. Baby. My fifth lyric is from the song Josie from Dude Ranch. And the lyric is Yeah, my girlfriend takes collect calls from the road, and it doesn't seem to matter that I'm lacking in the bulge. She laughs at my dumb jokes when no one does. She brings me Mexican foods from sombreros just because. This is the dream. Right? Yes. Checks all the boxes of the perfect girlfriend. Taking collect calls from the road. Check. That's the most important thing to me. I know people have different things, but taking a collect call from the road, number one. Number one thing I look for in a life partner. <laughs> yeah. If you can't <laughs> if you can't accept a collect call on a whim, wherever I am in the country, I don't know if I can be with you. If you can't have me on my whimsical collect calls on the road, then you don't deserve me at my best. <laughs> Do the kids know about collect calls? No. Our, okay. our audience I, I don't care. is just 12-year-olds who have somehow ended up on this page. <laughs> uh, she la- she doesn't, seem, doesn't seem to matter that this narrator is lacking in the bulge. Uh, doesn't seem to matter. Probably does. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she laughs at my dumb jokes when no one does. Big. Yep. Uh, she brings me Mexican food from sombreros, specifically <laughs> sombreros. A, a very random, like not a chain. It's like it's not Taco Bell or like even Chipotle. It's sombreros. sombreros, though. Knowing this is a suburb, it just sounds like just a crappy Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And that's amazing. It's an amazing vibe. Just like, oh, we all know what that restaurant is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have uh they have like pictures on the wall of like a Mexican desert. Yeah. And uh they have watered down margaritas. Oh yeah. Uh but that's that's what he likes. And you know what? Good for him. Sounds like a good thing. I'm happy for this this person. Uh I and, also Yeah, go ahead. Well, I almost, I don't know how you take a collect call from the road. Because I assume this is before a cell phone. So I imagine this person had a beeper. And then we'll get the beep and then go to like call back or something. Well, I imagined the narrator was on the road, like touring mm. in a band as he is. Oh, and yes. he would call yes. her from a payphone from the road. Mm. That makes more sense. Uh, here's the thing, though. If she's accepting collect calls from just anybody, she just gets a call, then... Maybe she uh, is is having someone else on the side. I don't know. Mm. Bad dumb uh, hypothesis. Let's move on. <laughs> um, my fifth lyric is from A New Hope from Dude Ranch, the album. And it is just a bunch of Star Wars references basically about how much they love princess leia so lyric is and even though i'm not as cool as han i still want to be your man 
You're exactly the kind of Alderanian that I need. But when you were available, I was drinking Colt 45s with Lando. I was hanging out in the cantina on Moss Isley. Princess Leia, where are you tonight? And who's laying there by your side? Every night I fall asleep with you and I wake up alone. <laughs> this guy is also an incel virgin. <laughs> this character because he's just imagining sleeping with princess leia not that that necessarily makes you an incel virgin but uh in this case it does (laughs) i also i like that there was a chance and then he was drinking cult 45s with lando which is an amazing reference to billy d williams the actor who played lando calrissian was also the spokesperson for cult 45 malt beer so he's just getting turned hammering down cold 45s with lando and princess leia was longing for him and he missed out they missed out misconnection it's sad yeah Um, something tells me uh maybe he wasn't maybe he maybe he was (laughs) like like a girl like like his friends are like, man, that girl you like, like she was available and, and you didn't, you didn't talk to her. You didn't even try. And he's like, guys, you're not going to believe me. Okay. You never believe me. But I was, I was out drinking with a friend. Well, who are you drinking with? I, I told you, you're not going to believe me. And like, just say it. It's, it's a Lando Calrissian. And they're like, he's, he's a fictional character. And, and he's like, nope, nope, he's not. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, I was drinking with Lando. I was hanging out with Han. Like, this is why I don't have time for a girlfriend. Like, I'm, I'm a virgin because I'm always hanging out with Han Solo. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, this is, these are fake people. And he's like, Guys, I swear to God, I was hanging out with Luke Skywalker. Look at this cut on my arm. This is from Luke's lightsaber. And he goes back to them. They're just like, your friends just don't understand. (laughs) It turns out that they are real. And he's like, he's like, man, this is why I never get over. And then, and then princess Leia comes up to him and is like, I'm available now. One of my favorite things in the world is the idea of someone inventing their fake significant other. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Like the idea that it's like, okay, listen, I do have a girlfriend. You haven't met her because she lives in Canada. Okay. And then, When, like, you, we went on that vacation to Canada to Whistler Mountain, and even though I said she lived in uh, Vancouver, she was actually visiting the USA for something totally unrelated, even though, uh, yeah, and then that other, yeah, okay, so you just we just keep missing each other, but she's real. Guys, you're not going to believe me. I, I'm telling you, you're not going to believe me. Just where does your girlfriend live? You have to understand that this is 100% true. Just tell us where. Where is it? California? Is it Chicago? Where does she live? She lives in Alderaan. You mean the the Star Wars planet? Yes. Yes, it's a real place, okay? I know that the fake news media will have you believe that Alderaan is, 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 is fake, but no. Alderaan is real, okay? And I'm the only one who knows it because I'm the only one who has made contact from this planet. It's actually really sad. Alderaan was blown up. So who's laughing now? (laughs) It's also, I, I, it's who it just, it just is the, this is a very nerdy song filled with just tons of Star Wars references, which is just very funny to me. 
that that is what it is just purely what it is um and he's obsessed with princess leia but he's never gonna get her yeah i just love the idea that like the fake like it's beyond having a fake girlfriend it's like all of these characters he he really thinks he can convince his friends that they're real yeah amazing did you ever do that as a kid where you're like i'm friends with um shack yeah he comes to my school I Hang did out. it. I'm seven. I, I did it as a kid with the neighbor's dog. That sounds okay. really bad. What I just said, but <laughs> <laughs> listen, I did it as a kid with the neighbor's dog. No, so as a kid, I wanted a dog, and our next door neighbor had a dog. And when my friend would come over, I would tell my friend that that's my dog and that he's just playing next door. Wow. And uh, the friend would always be like, well, I want to go pet the dog. And it's like, you wow. can't, when he's next door, like that's his time to be next door. You can't pet him. And and I, I carried that on for like three weeks or so until we went on vacation. And when we came back from vacation, it's like, this is getting out of control. I just have to end it. And then the next time he came over, I was like, yeah, he died. And then <laughs> <laughs> you ended it by lying. Yes. Dude, I swear to God. And then he was like, but I see the dog next door. I was like, that's a different dog. It's not my dog anymore. That's their dog. I was going to say you had to actually kill the dog. The story no, no, no. I was I literally was like the dog died. I told him that. I, I just want to say something to you. Yeah. I know about what you did and I want to scream the truth. He thinks you own that dog. You're such a damn liar. Shout out. Shout out. To our longtime listeners. Who listened to our Lord episode. Last episode. Boom. All right. So that, wow. We just did five Blink-182 lyrics. And I felt like it went by in the Blink-182 of an eye. (laughs) Oh, can I get a high five? Okay. Boom. Boom. So this point in our podcast we like to invent our own lyrics of the band so we're going to take about 30 seconds and just improvise a blink 182 lyric we're going to do it right now i can't believe i forgot again like we just did this with lord and i (laughs) fucking forgot i'm gonna make it fast because i gotta go all right okay i just want to say i just wrote a poem amazing what's a woman's name that rhymes with eyes eyes (laughs) um Oh, wait, one second, one second. Lies, uh? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, give me one second. And we're back. We just spent, like, maybe 30 seconds to a minute improvising Blink-182 lyrics, and they're great, and uh, Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus get at us. Anyway. Yes, my poem goes as so. There's no real cadence to it. Um, at, like no blink cadence, but it it definitely is a blink vibe. Are you gonna give it the Tom voice or the Mark voice? I'm just gonna say it, and then maybe we'll d- give it the Tom voice afterwards. I lost your love when I took a big shit <laughs> in the toilet on which you told me not to sit. You said to use the one in the back. Now the smell gave your dad a heart attack. Wow. <laughs> That's great. I could see that easily on a Blink-182 lyric, especially because I Googled that. So many songs I would come across that were huge hits. They were like, this song was written in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it's like, like, oh, yeah, I could tell. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. We'll loop back around for the Tom voice. Okay. So the one I wrote is, I want a girlfriend who is real. Not the fake made-up one 
I despise. I want a lover, the real deal, not this broom with googly eyes. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that is really nice. That is, <laughs> what a delightful lyric. No, that's like, first of all, that, that's I could absolutely see that being lyric. Uh, there's there's just enough uh, slight misogyny there, like like this girlfriend I despise, to like be a pop the punk fake song. Girlfriend. Fake girlfriend. Yeah, to just like hate on this fake girlfriend for no reason. It's because it's a broom with googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna text, I'm gonna chat you this so you can give both the Tom Delange voice. Okay. Now right. let's let's hear the Mark. I mean the Tom Delange voice. You want me to do voice. mine and yours? Oh yeah, absolutely. I lost your love. Hold on, let me do it again. <laughs> I love it already. Let me try and get a melody. I lost your love when I took a big shit in the toilet on which you told me not to sit. You said to use the one in the back. Now the smell gave your dad a heart attack. I want a girlfriend who is real, not this fake made-up one who I despise. I want a lover, the real deal, not this broom with googly eyes. Love it. Print it. <laughs> sell it. Put the merch. Let make me tell it you something. T-shirt. There's somebody out there. I make music, but I'm too lazy for this. There's somebody out there who makes music. Wow. In the countries that we have had okay, listeners shut from. up. Right away, you sound like that YouTube comment that we made fun of. That's like, listen, somebody out there, you're somebody complaining. Out there, you no, no, no. Somebody out there, please take what I just did and put it to a beat and put some guitar over it and make it into a Blink-182 song. Please. Please do it. All right. So, guys, that was our Blink-182 episode. Um, listen. We are the Lyric Boys. We are a podcast, and we get high, not off of drugs, but off of people subscribing to our podcast. <laughs> so please, subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, Overcast, whatever. Just hit that subscribe button. It takes two seconds, and it makes my day. Tell your friends about it, or hey, hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, at The Lyric Boys. You could DM us. You could hit us up. We like to read your messages. We might respond. And guess what? That's all I have to say. Andrew, you got something to say? I do. Hey, Lucian, do you hear that song that's playing right now? Wait, stop talking. Let me... Yeah, it slaps. Oh, well, thank you. That song was created by uh, Moi. And if you want to hear... Moi? Yes, that is French. That is French for me. Uh, I'm cultured. Oh. If you'd like to hear more songs like it that I have created, you can go to freelancerbandny.bandcamp.com. Freelancer, that is the name of my uh, band, which is just me. But... um, or you can Google, uh, go to at Freelancer Band on Instagram or Twitter, not Twitter, anywhere else, and have a good time listening to some original music. Wow, I'm sold. And here's what I have to plug. <laughs> Off the Listeners dome, at home, if you're enjoying my face 
what you can do is take a screenshot of this video, <laughs> print out my face, take your favorite magazines, print out words that say, why won't you love me? I'm going to kill you if you don't love me. Put those on top of my face and mail that to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so that is our episode. Lyric Boys, sign it off. Oh, 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 oh,